ott van még Nikolic, Nígó felé, Nígó helyzetben, gól! Gól! Nígó kiegyenlít! Bravo Loik, bravo Lolikám, Lajos, szép gól volt! Sallai, azon mellett még el tudjuk hozni. Sőt, Szoboszlai kap labdát. Szoboszlai előtte Nikolic bent középült könyves. Szoboszlai, könyves szép helyet csinált neki. Szoboszlai lő, gól! Hi guys and welcome to another edition of the Hungarian Football Podcast. This week is a special um, focusing on the game with Portugal. It's only going to be a kind of small little feature. Um, we're not going to get into anything else other than that game. Um, and likewise, we'll be after the France game as well. Also check Twitter because there'll be some news on how you can get involved in a um, on a chat which will happen before and after France live via Twitter. So very, very uh, much looking forward to doing that and chatting with you guys in real time. Thanks for all the questions um, that you've sent this week. It's, um, we're going to get into as many of them as we can. Um, so where do we start? So the, the, the big thing was the fans being back in the stadium. So um, official figures, kind of somewhere around 56,000 Apparently, 4,000 people that had tickets didn't attend. So it's, it's pretty good to start off with, um, Chris. What did you feel about seeing the stadium full and rocking? Yeah, I mean, it's something that we hadn't seen yet. Um, uh, a full stadium with no social distancing and no masks. Um, I mean, I, I guess a little trepidation, but also just really hopeful that um, hopefully we're, we're past that in some parts of of the continent but it was exciting um you know i think uh you know the game for hungary they had all the intangibles right they had the home pitch they had the fans backing them uh, a lot of noise um but uh, it was it was just it was just really exciting to see it uh, to see football back um the way it should be um you know it was it was it was a good game i think i know we'll talk more about that and get into some more depth but um just off the top of my head for me, I think just watching that uh, just gives you chills again, doesn't it? To watch the uh, the players come out and hear the uh, the fans. I think there was there were even some uh, uh, some of the players that had mentioned that um, it was just a, so completely different after almost two years of it not being there. Mm, and uh, so many journalists like that were reporting on the game were were just in awe at, at what the atmosphere was like. That you know, obviously people have waited years to get back into this. Um, full stadiums and yeah they were all so complimentary of of how how well the, the fans were how the ultras made the atmosphere incredible Tom the, the the scenes before the match downtown in Budapest where everyone had met up and, and were marching to the to the stadium so reminiscent of uh, France 2016 yeah I don't know about you guys but I was so jealous <laughs> I was so jealous. I thought, oh my God, how amazing would it be to be there um, today? Because I imagine the whole city would have been rocking. Like it wouldn't have just been like a few streets. It would be everywhere. I reckon you walked everywhere. Like there was fan parks all over the city. I imagine every bar was completely packed. It looked unbelievable through the photos and videos that we saw. 
across Twitter, like um, one of my mates who works for Copper90 was DMing me saying, oh, we need to make a video of this. Um, have you got any great like videos that we can see to put into like a compilation? Like it was, yeah, it, it was extraordinary. And obviously, yeah, not not just Hungarians buying into it, like pretty much like the whole of Europe. And, and like you say, put journalists from around the world were, were watching on with envy as well like it, yeah unbelievable unbelievable showcase for for what Hungarian football is at its best to be honest that that is one of the things that we love about it isn't it like we don't always love the football on the pitch all the time it's not always the greatest but um our fans always represent and our fans yeah up there with the greatest for sure Huge shout out to the Carpathian Brigade. Excellent TIFO um, before the game and just non-stop again throughout. It, like you said, it, it's absolutely phenomenal stuff. Um, unfortunately, football comes along and um, <laughs> spoils it somewhere um, along the line. Um, we did great, Tom, until we got to minute number 84 and it all kind of caved in on us. To be honest, I thought it was shit. I think we should be going toe-to-toe with these teams. I don't know why we didn't attack them from the start. Is, uh, is there any belief in this side that we can actually win the tournament? Obviously, I'm joking. But like, I have seen some reaction like that on Twitter and I just can't believe my, my eyes, to be honest. like We took the European champions who have got riches beyond our wildest dreams Um one player who won Premier League Player of the Season last year, Bruno Fernandes as well, who was one of the better players in the Premier League last season. Uh, we kept him pretty much quiet for the whole game, apart from a, a great effort where Gulacci made a great save. Ronaldo was pretty anonymous throughout the game uh, and then obviously pops up at the end as we were kind of melting a little bit uh, after they scored their first goal. But yeah, to be to be honest and to be serious, I thought we were absolutely outstanding. Um, I thought we started the game quite nervously, actually. I think, and I think that was partly to do with the crowd. To be fair, like those players, how often would they have played in front of that kind of rocking stadium in their careers? Never mind um, over the past couple of years. Like you think, even to someone like Attila Zolai at a club like Fenerbahce, he's not played in front of the Fenerbahce crowd. Like he, he will play in front of those kind of atmospheres going forward but he hasn't yet and like players like Schaefer, uh, Kleinheisler, Nodge like they've played in big games but they've never played in an atmosphere like that I don't think Odom Zolai would have done um, maybe perhaps when he played uh, like away at Dortmund or someone like that but like these games are so rare and we performed amazingly especially in the second half like I say I thought we started with a lot of nervous energy and we did struggle to keep the ball a lot in that first half and we kind of did ride our lot rider a lot of attacking waves and stuff but as the game went on we just got more confident and more composed and the goal just came when we were as comfortable as we had been throughout the whole game like it was just a, such a sucker punch but um yeah I, honestly i can't believe that anyone could could begrudge the performance and the way we set up to be honest like to take into account who these players are and what they've what what their ability is and 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 the, the performances and clubs that they play at and everything like that um yeah I don't think you could have asked for more and I think um like I said on Twitter if pride wasn't a sin you, you would be proud of these guys 100 percent 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm honestly beaming, like, and and so were the journalists as well. Once you read past the bit where they were talking about how um, how the stadium was and everything like that, and actually focused on the football, they were all so complimentary, and so many highly respected journalists saying how we deserved more. Um, and a lot of these journalists, Chris, were picking out the man who, who for me, is an absolute legend. Um, Adam Zalai doing a thankless task up front um, against this this Portugal team. He was just a man mounting, Chris. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I agree with Tom. Just in terms of a team effort, it was it was outstanding. Um, and I'll get to, to Zalai in a minute, but um, I just I just wanted to to make a note saying it was five years ago when I first got interested in Hungarian football because of the Euros um, and watching this team kind of with no expectations do so well. And, um, you know, I, I really kind of entered into this game with, uh, um, with, with a much lighter expectations because of obviously the group that, that Hungary is in and, and the, uh, the teams that they're playing. Um, but uh, watching them come together and play as well as they did in that first half when they really had zero opportunities, but just kept repelling, chance after chance after chance and and seeing someone uh like Sally both Adam and Attila honestly um on both sides just um uh really marking well playing very strongly um you know turning uh dangerous situ- uh, situations away uh was 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 amazing you know um you know obviously as as Tom mentioned Portugal just has an embarrassment of riches to kind of throw at us and I feel like they um uh, probably probably could have gone ahead uh, at least a couple of times right before the end of that first half. Um, uh, I, I think the one that stands out to me most was when uh, Ronaldo came in really unmarked um, on that little flick uh, by Jota, and uh, he fired it over. Uh, that should have been it right there. Um, there was the other one by Jota where he turned around and took that shot, and Galachi just happened to be in the right place at the right time. So th- there was a couple, I think, where uh, you could kind of see that um, they had broken us down. They were starting to play in behind, but um, you know, just just the uh, the determination by the entire team. Um, but uh, yeah, Gabby, I, I I think that looking at at Salai and just being, uh, I think you mentioned the term man mountain. Um, he he just kind of led in that determined effort. Um, you know, but but quite honestly, though, I, I I just I look at the entire team and I think uh, they couldn't have done it without the way they've been playing. Um, you know, I. I I don't think that uh, it would be fair to put any expectation on this team and the group that they're in. You know, the fact that they got here to me is a miracle. Uh, say what you want, but uh, I, I know that there's questions about, you know, how can they uh, stand up again? They can't, <laughs> they can't against the teams that are in this group. Uh, anything uh, to kind of hold on to um, uh, is a positive at this point. And I think uh, even losing 3-0 uh, I, I think that score flatters Portugal a little bit, but, um, you know, I think overall as a complete team performance led by Zalai and both Atella and Adam and um, a number of other uh, really good performances. I think Kleinheiser also had a really good performance, um, you know, in midfield. But um, I think as a team, they, 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 they don't they shouldn't be hanging their heads after that match. I think they they can really walk off and say hey, we, we, we held them for quite a long time. Um, and it was a good effort all the way through. Yeah, definitely leaving the pitch with their with their heads held high, but for sure. 
Tom, when when the lineup was announced, what was the surprise for you? Um, I think Botker at centre half. I didn't expect. Um, I kind of expected him to play right wing back and, instead of Lovrenchic, but I think it kind of made sense when um, when you kind of thought about it. I think the partnership that they got those guys would have built up at Frodi would have probably played into Rossi's thinking a little bit. Like like we think to France game and who who could play at right wing back and it's probably going to be Nago or Bola. Um and and they those guys could have played yesterday uh, on Tuesday, I guess as well. Um but then I guess yeah maybe that went into his thinking. I think that was the only real surprise. I think the way that Schaefer played in in the first two games in the friendly game, sorry, I think that was Pretty, pretty much nailed on. It was pretty much like it was an amazing shout from you in the uh, in the preview pod, saying that it's going to be Schaefer who gets the nod. That was even before the friendlies, so fair play on that one. Um, because yeah, he, he yeah almost nailed that nailed that position down almost as a sub or slight replacement. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. I think Attila Fiola um, probably would have again been a surprise a little bit like Schaefer, but. Against Ireland, I thought he was really, really good at left wing back. So um, yeah, I think I think I think the team almost picked itself apart from those uh, yeah right wing back and, and right centre half, which I guess are going to be probably question marks in the next game. I, I guess as well. Mm, and Rossi held his hands up and said that you know the the substitutions that that he made um, they didn't didn't live up to the sort of hope that he had for them. Um, and he, you know, sort of said, "I got it. I got it wrong there, guys. They didn't. They didn't give what I, I wanted." But when he did make those substitutions, we did see um, Shown come on and uh, put the ball in the back of the net, albeit offside. But bright spark there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I thought it was yeah quite a bold move to bring on Shown. Um, I think, and I think it worked. I think it. It just made complete sense. I think only a bold move because he, he obviously only played one game for Hungary before that. Um, but yeah, he, he's quick and he's got ability. And as we saw that with the goal, I think with the goal, I think he could have just held his run a little bit. Nago was waiting for him almost to get back onside and then eventually he was like, I'm going to have to play this pass. I think Nago knew he was offside despite his um, protestations. But um, yeah, I thought Schoen did well. I think the one... That who didn't do well, and I think that who Rossi is is talking about without saying his name is Shiga. Shiga changed the game in a bad way. Mm. Yeah, no, it's very very true. Um, we're going to get to the questions in in a, in a moment, guys. But just just while we're chatting, Chris, for you, Nago, come on after sixty um, odd minutes um, mm. to to that midfield. What do you see, kind of like? For him going forward against the French, it, it, he's he's got to be a must start. Do you think? Um, I think so. I feel like um, you know it was when he came on. He and Shen came on. Um, uh, Nago came on first, obviously, and then Shen. And then the, the, those are the two that that linked up. And watching Nago on that right side, that's just where I think he belongs. And I think Tom, you're right in in that. Um, you know, it's a good possibility that uh, perhaps he starts, hopefully he starts on that right side and gives them a little more pace uh, and a little more attacking presence. Not that they're going to get a lot, but again, the, the, I think their strength or their hope moving forward is um, is on the counterattack. And I think having him on the right side would be good. And I would even say just keeping Bodka on that 
uh, right center half spot. I think, you know, he did, he did well. Uh, he won a lot of challenges. He played fairly strong and, um, uh, turned away a few dangerous opportunities. So, um, I, I think maybe putting Nago in place of Lovrenchitz, Lo uh, on the right and, um, uh, playing him there for the majority of the match, um, uh, Hopefully, we'll, we'll be smart moving forward for Rossi. I think that would be the one change I would make. Hmm. And Tom, as Chris mentioned um, about Kleinheisler, now the, in the in the couple of friendlies that we, that we had before, we saw a kind of unleashed version of him, uh, where we saw the shooting from anywhere, albeit widely and and stuff like that. But we saw a different animal this game. Which one of those? Do you prefer the, this this clone Heisley we saw against Portugal or the or the uh, the untamed one? Yeah, I just I definitely prefer the restrained version. The one against Ireland, I think, it, in particular, was just too too mad. He was he was too mad. Like I like him for his madness, but that was just yeah, he, he'd gone for uh, for Nietzsche when. I guess when Nietzsche's head blew up and it completely exploded, um, mm -hmm. like full cheering horse, like yeah, um, I, I I much prefer restrained Klein Klein Heisler, and, and that's what we actually saw from him when he came back into the side earlier this year. Like he was a lot more restrained, and I think maybe in that Island game, he was maybe told by Rossi like, let's see if you can be the big man, you can be the guy who can be replace Soboslai and Koromo. Um, but I, um, but the client eyes that he just he just couldn't do it, could he really? Like he was running around a lot and doing a lot of a lot of stuff. He just wasn't doing that much good. Whereas in this game, yeah, he was a lot more restrained. But I think I think also the game he kind of just had to be more restrained in this game because he couldn't really get into the other team's half. Like he couldn't really get into Portugal's half because at times we just couldn't really get men up to support Zolai and Charlai up top and. If anyone was going to be that man, it was kind of Schaefer who was shuttling and Kleinheiser was doing a lot of dirty defensive work. So I think maybe the game just meant that he had to be like less, a bit more restrained, but also that is the better Kleinheiser for sure. Mm, definitely. So Tom, we, we thought Attila Salai would have a, a, a fantastic summer for us at the Euros and show on the world stage exactly what he's capable of. Um, heavily linked with a move to Atletico Madrid today, um, funnily enough. Despite the scoreline being 3-0, um, a really, really assured performance from him um, against the top quality side. Yeah, I thought he was awesome. I thought him and Orban were awesome. Um, whereas, like, I mean, if we look at it hard, light of day, um, Orban ends up making, well, I suppose it wasn't really a mistake for the goal, was it? Um, but he did make the mistake for the for the penalty, whereas Zolai, I mean, he wasn't completely faultless all game, but he didn't make any mistakes for the goals. And I thought, yeah, he was awesome. I don't think he was potentially as assured as I, as we kind of expect from him on the ball. And I think, ev like everyone in that first half, I think he kind of suffered because of that nervous energy a little bit. And I think Orban almost showed him up a little bit on, on the ball. Um, not to say that Zolai wasn't playing some lovely passes at times, but um, his his kind of the way that Orban was stepping out of defence was just definitely more impressive than Zolai. But yeah, to, for a 22-year-old to play in that kind of a cauldron uh, for the first time, I think it was yeah super impressive against against that type of 
um, opposition as well. Um, he is he is a gem. Yeah, he absolutely is a superstar. Um, Say, so, uh, it's funny looking at this team on paper without obviously the guys that are missing. Um, it's really hard to kind of think where's the expectation coming because we have had the expectation recently. Um, obviously, the opposition's not been anywhere near the, the levels that we're facing in this tournament. Um, I'm absolutely gutted. The more, the, the more and more that I um, look at the group that we're drawn in and look at the groups that other teams have got, we have been just absolutely so lucky to end up with this group, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I feel the exact same way. I, I look at a team like Wales, who I think we played very closely to and um, uh, in, the, in qualifying, and watching, watching them uh, beat Turkey yesterday or the day before i'm not sure when this is coming out but um and then and holding uh switzerland and really really just having a good chance of of going through as as one of the top two teams and perhaps even a third team in that group it it really does make you feel like boy they were uh, it it it, it was like the gods are against hungary at least in this competition because uh almost in any other group uh i would have fancied us to at least have a shot of one of those third place spots um, where I feel like in this group, I don't think there was any hope uh, from the get-go. I think when we all saw the, this draw, it was, uh, it was, oh my gosh, hold on, because uh, we're going to get pummeled. Um, you know, I, I still have an outside hope that we might be able to do something against Germany, but heck, they're playing in Munich, and um, you know, I, I just, I, I think at that point, it's going to be, it's going to be too late. Um, but. Uh, yeah, Gabby. I mean, what else? What else do you think? There's, there's, there's so many chances for mar- marginal teams, and I would, I would consider Wales at this point a team like that, uh, who also had a really good Euro 2016. That's, that's coming in and um, trying to advance to the knockout rounds. Very similar to a team like, like Hungary, where they're gonna, they're probably gonna get in, and we're gonna be on the outside looking in, and uh, if the if the teams were swapped, um, I think it's a good possibility we could have taken their spot. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and like we said at the beginning of the show, for, for 80 plus minutes, we we were matching Portugal. And, and it's just phenomenal in a group that we were expected to finish bottom. And, you know, we, we, we're showing our worth. So, um, say, absolutely gutted that we're not in another group where we can really, really sort of show our worth. But, you know, Hey ho! World Cup qualifying is coming up. We're in a great, great um, position for that. You know, this is kind of like a little summer away. Just have a have fun with your mates and blah blah blah, and then we'll just get back to the serious business of qualifying for the World Cup. Jindul Salai és vissza lehet tenni Kleinhelynek és újra Salainak és ott a gól helyzet és a gól és a gól Salai vezet Magyarország. 150 nap után be lehet azt piszkálni, pöckölni, tuszkolni. Egy ide! És micsoda támadás volt! Um, let's get to you guys, um, your questions from, from, from you guys. Um, so let's start with Charlie Lowe, who's uh, our regular... Deborah Sen fan, um, who going back to the substitutions we talked of, he said, should Rossi have made substitutions a little earlier than he did? Uh, should he sub like for like or change the tactical system to unbalanced unbalance the other teams? 
Tom, what do you think? Um, I don't, I don't really think so. I think, I think they actually, I think the Nago sub was really good, and I think it was really, really effective. I think the way that he was progressive with his ball possession and and especially his passing, I think. I think actually that's his un- most underrated quality. Actually, I think it's his best quality is passing. I think he, he moves the ball so fast. He turns on it fast. People talk about his athletic- athleticism. Um, I almost I almost think that... I don't think he actually is as quick as people think he is. But I think I think his ability on the ball is, is vastly underrated. And I think when he came on, he was... Uh, when the ball was being played into him, he was turning on a sixpence and, and playing us forward and... I, I was no. I don't think it's any coincidence that he was the person who played the ball to Schoen. I think the Schoen sub for Charlotte was really, really good as well. I think the only one that really let us down was Shige. I, I, like he was just shocking, like shocking. Um, what you get with Shige, and I think I said about it before, um, on the ball he isn't great, um, but usually defensively you get a bit out of him. And he has played Champions League like this season, so you, you would expect him to do a good job, but. Yeah, he was just shocking. Whether the subs could have come earlier, I don't really think so. I just, I just think we've got such a lack of depth that it's tough to make subs early because, like, the team who's starting, someone like, well, you think to the, like the spine, Zolai, Charlai, Klein, Heisler, Nodge, Attila, Zolai, Orban. You're not taking any of them out, really. Like, you, you might take Klein, Heisler out if he's playing a bad game, but. We are obviously very limited in midfield options with Soboslai and Kolmar out. And obviously Gosdog's out now as well. So there aren't many options to change in this team. Um, like left wing back could be an issue, like a potential, but then Kevin Varga and Holland there, who are the options on the, at left wing back, aren't obviously strong in that position. So I think in an ideal world, yeah, it would be nice to, to throw out uh, a few uh, interesting subs to, to to change the flow of the game a little bit, but there's there's just not much for Rossi to do, unfortunately. Mm, absolutely, and um, big shout out to Kevin McCluskey, um, who is a Scottish football fan living in Budapest. Um, big fan of the Hungarian national team as well, I must say. But I'm just putting it that there for context because he, he doesn't really know too much about football coming from Scotland. Um, firstly, concerned that the Vashosh squad doesn't have any um, players at the Hungarian Championships, that that huge second division team that that were blatantly promoted by December last year. Um, but he wants to know, Chris, um, Schoen's potential, um, how big is it and should he start ahead of Chalai against France? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think he came on uh, as the game was getting tired and uh, brought fresh legs in. I think it was a good call by Rossi um, and, and really almost paid off. I mean, I, I think I think he brought... I think he brought what was needed at the moment, and I think that was a uh, that was the fulcrum moment of of that match. Um, if if he would have been a step on side, um, it could have changed the entire match. So I, I really feel um, I'm in agreement with Tom. I don't think there's a whole lot Rossi can do with what he's got. He's limited. Um, you want to have that experience up front, and you want to bring on those young legs later on. And I think he showed um, in his performance against Portugal that. Uh, that he can come on and he can make a difference. Um, and I, I, I think uh, 
for that to kind of be up his sleeve against uh, France and Germany, I think I think works better because um, I, th- I think it'll give him a little more space to work in. I think with someone like France and especially someone like uh, a team like Germany, um, he's not going to have a lot. He's going to be you know, huffing and puffing by the 60th minute. Um, so I, I think it's probably best that uh, that that he stays in that role as a as a super sub or at least an impact sub. Mm, great stuff. Um, David Dolak on Twitter, Tom says, um, I felt the team played hard and had a lot of fight in them. I expect more of the same against France. If we can draw with France and beat Germany, I think we have to. Um, how can we create more chances? First half, we didn't have many. Second half was much better. How do we start that earlier? Oh, man. I, I, I'm really downbeat about the France game. I, I know I went into this tournament feeling really optimistic, and I, and I and I did, but I always was optimistic about Portugal and Germany. I've always been downbeat about the France game. I think stylistically, the matchup just does not suit us. Um, I think what we were what we were able to do against Portugal was defend reasonably high. We didn't have to sit like on the edge of our box because, to be honest. Portugal don't have that many runners who could get behind us. And I think when Renato Sanchez came on, that was something that really, really um, uh, was down, was a bad thing for us. Not just Renato, but also um, the the other Silva who came on. I think he actually changed the game for Portugal because he was like really direct and, and wanted to run in behind. They have Jota who, who does that a little bit, but he's not, he's not, I mean, he doesn't do it to the same capacity as as someone like Kylian Mbappe. So it's like, how do you defend against France? Because, like, you can't play a low block because they have unbelievable players who can unlock that low block, like Griezmann, like Benzema, like Pogba. Um, And then they've got, obviously, amazing players to come off the bench. And you can't play high because you've got Mbappe who will absolutely burn us. So I think stylistically, we are really going to struggle in this game. I also think the energy, we will have very little, like emotional and physical energy that went into that game against Portugal. And then the blow of losing that game so cruelly. I think, I just, I don't know how, I don't know how they can go again to the same intensity that they did throughout that 90 minutes. I just, I, I don't want to be like really pessimistic about that game. But I, I'm gonna have to be because I, I just I just don't see how that how we can get anything from it like from a tactical or a mental perspective like I just don't see how how you can get up and play to a level which you rarely ever do like those players again like I said at the start of the show like those players rarely ever play at a level like that that intensity that quality. And and to be able to get up to that three and a half days after playing against Portugal against the world champions, I'm just I'm just going to shrug my shoulders and think. I I saw a question which said, "Do we take this game off?" Like maybe, <laughs> and like I I, f- I feel I think it's a monumental task, and I think whatever you way you set up, it it could end badly. Um and. Um, I, yeah, that's. I guess that's all I got to say. I'm, I'm, I'm quite dis- um, pessimistic about this one. Yeah, I think you know everyone's being very realistic at this. Um, 
maybe not so much one we could be proud of at the end. Who knows? I think it's course we will be, but yeah, I fear it's um, France need to get the job done basically against us to 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 get out of the group. So you know, it, it's just going to be job done, get out of there as, as as fast as possible. Big crowd in Budapest again, yes, um, but we saw how quiet the crowd can be as soon as um, you know the, the thing sort of went against them. So. Yeah, damage limitation, like you say, mate. Let's take a 3-0 again. That will do me nicely. Um, David, um, aspiring bear on, on, on Twitter, Chris has asked, should we keep this same defence for the France game? Tom's just touched on that a little bit. Anything to add on that? Yeah, um, I, I mean, again, I think I, I, I think this is something we've already covered. Um, I, I do like the, 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 the three centre halves that were in there. Um, with Salai, Orban, and Vodka, I think they did a good job. Um, I think um, you really can't switch up Fiola. Um, uh, he he's uh, again made made a couple of really great uh, uh, plays to kind of turn away the danger. I think my fa- I think my favorite play of the entire game um, defensively was when uh, Ronaldo nicked Kleinheisler kind of, you know, midway between halfway and Hungary's box. And he played it through to, I think it was um, uh, Bernardo Silva at that point. And uh, Willie Orban came in and made a great tackle inside the box. And as uh, Bernardo Silva's getting up, Fiola comes in behind and takes Bernardo uh, Silva's head and slams it back down onto <laughs> the ground. And it was, uh, it was funny because it was behind the play. And uh, I remember watching it again today and, and seeing that. And I just laughed out loud of just how... <laughs> How funny it was because uh, just you know just him sitting there uh, putting his stamp on the game there saying hey, you're not you're not coming in our box and doing this so um, no I like it I, I I like I said I do think that uh, um, we probably could upgrade Lovrentic um, by putting in Nigo there in uh, on the right side um, but I I, it, I would find it really hard I, I don't know if if Long or or Keshkish, uh, are going to be an improvement over any of the three that we had in there. Um, so I, I think that I think that he he keeps what he's got and hopes that uh, they can do the job. Yeah, definitely, Tom. It's interesting. Like, do we obviously we we're all expecting to lose? So with some of the players like Chris mentioned there, with Ketchkes and that, what would your thoughts be on giving him like enormous game experience that's going to serve us in the World Cup qualifying campaign ahead, or do you think just chucking him in might ruin him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's it is it could go either way, couldn't it? I remember Devasheri um, playing in that game against Holland, and then and then and then he became a meme, and everyone was Devasheri in a, around Hungary. Like I felt so. Do you know what? Still to this day, I feel absolutely gutted for him. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's all everyone anyone remembers him. Yeah. I think it was. I think I don't know if he did. He play two or three games for Hungary yeah. in all. He was a Holodosh Hol- player as well. Like he was a. He was yeah, yeah, and I remember actually Richard Gujmic. I think I don't know if it was his debut or an early game he played against Romania, but like he he hadn't been a fixture of the team at all, and and he had a shocker in that game. It's a tough one, isn't it? Like. In one, in some respects, it would be nice to give some of the fringe players a little bit of a game. I also think, from a tiredness perspective, like it might just be, it might have to, like someone like um, Kleinheiser might be just shattered a little bit. Cholai might be shattered, like he hadn't played much football towards the end of Freiburg, didn't play in the any of the 
two warm-up games. So, like, Schoen might have to start. And I know Chris made a good point there. Schoen hasn't been playing much football. And he only played, I think, five minutes of the, the warm-up games as well. So, like, these boys haven't been playing that much football. Adam Zola didn't play that much um, t- towards the end of the Mainz season. And uh, Adam Nodge obviously wasn't a permanent fixture in the Bristol City team. And he's he's our our beast. We can't play without him. Um and and like I said, like these guys haven't been playing at this level against an intensity like that against a team as amazing as Portugal. That the boys are going to be shattered. So I think I think there are potentials for to swap a few guys out and to swap a few guys in. Um, I know I said that like we haven't got much depth, and that is one of the reasons why you wouldn't want to do that because there is a bit of a drop off between certain players. But um, yeah, it's it's a really tough one for Rossi because I think in in one respect it, it could be a good idea and another respect and if it goes badly everyone would be like, Why why the hell did you do that? Like we would we did really well in the first game. You changed a few things and now we've lost seven nil or whatever. But like, yeah, I would not want to be in Rossi's shoes. I mean, the the thing like you said, Gabby, like we were in this group, um it, it, we've got no expectations because we're playing amazing teams, but also there are expectations because it's international football um, and everyone in Hungary is watching this. So like everyone has an opinion and everyone wants to inspect things to the nth degree and they think, oh, why why is he doing that? I would have done it this way or whatever. So it's a thankless task being a national team manager and especially when you're playing three amazing teams every three days with a squad like ours without some of our best players. It's um, It's really, really difficult. Mm, absolutely. Um, a big shout out to Gail, who, all, for all those that know her, is is the mama of uh, Hungarian football Twitter. Um, she wants to talk about the impact and future of Schoen. Um Now, if we take um, Adam's ally out of the equation, the forward line that we'll have going forward is missing that kind of target man player. So it's almost like we, we completely have to... T- tear up the um the way we play and start again with with the strengths that we got yeah no i i i agree um gabby i i you really don't have anybody to play that target man who can kind of muscle in and and get position in the box um i mean Janos Han is not going to do it um you know uh and um just kind of looking through here um nikolic is is aged out um you know, uh, I mean, really, who else at this point? Um, you know, Gostag is really more of an attacking midfielder who uh, is a lot more creative. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just um, I, I think it's going to have to be either a change in um, their attacking philosophy, um, their, you know, their tactics of of who do you who do you play and how do you attack um, with uh, more lightweight, I guess, more creative um maybe with a little more more pace than having somebody up there who can um you know really hold off or battle defenders and, and create space in the middle um you know tom, tom probably would would have a better answer to this question but um i definitely think that it's it's going to have to be a change in the way they um uh approach it unless there's somebody out there that i'm missing yeah no no, no. sorry i i agree and i think also something that probably needs to be looked at as well after this tournament is wing backs. I 
I, I, I think the formation has been good for Rossi and obviously it has been good because we've qualified for the Euros and we've put in some good performances. We just don't have any good wing backs though. So I think again, like you like you both guys say, like the target man is a is an issue. Um but also a wing back as well, like it's just yeah, we've just got nothing there. Yeah, and it's like I say, we without um Dominic's creativity in midfield as well, yeah. That you know what the future will look like with with two really pacey forwards up front and and only him to provide sort of creativity as such is is it's a bit of a worry, but let's we, we, see. Tom, you've put us into pessimist mode already. We, we kind it of, was the question. It was the question. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fed up. I'm like, do you know what? Just forget the podcast. I, we're going to lose every game now going forward. <laughs> um, <laughs> I should have said we're going to beat France. Exactly. We've been upbeat going. The future's so bright. It's unbelievable. And we've been not even <laughs> talked about um, Shalloy, who didn't get, even get in the squad as well. So, um, Gillsboy, who is a permanent fixture at Hungarian football matches, home and away, um, has said Nigo to stick to Mbappe as much as possible. He's the only one with the athleticism to be in even the same postcode. Um, what do you think of that, Tom? I don't think anyone in our squad's got the athleticism to be in the same postcode as Mbappe, to be honest. I really don't. I, I think I think Nodge is probably our quickest player. But I, I just don't think he'd get anywhere near. The guy, is, the guy is just... What's that? Is it Roadrunner, that little bird thing? <laughs> Blue bird. Yes, I can attest to that. I reckon Mbappe would beat him in a race. Honestly. He, he, Mbappe could like run in the air. He's ridiculous. Like I don't know if you saw that uh, him against Hummels the other day. Just yeah. absolutely ate him alive. And like he gave like Hummels is thirty two. He's put him into retirement. I know Hummels kind of got back. He basically gave a foul away to to get the ball. But um, honestly, I'm I'm terrified. I'd be ter- I'd be terrified if I was any of them defenders. But I, I think Nago is probably the most logical choice. I don't think Nago is the greatest defender in the world, and that's probably a reason why he didn't start that game. But yeah, if, I mean, if anyone's going to catch him, I don't think anyone's going to catch him. But he might get near him a little bit. But <laughs> I'm sorry to be pessimistic about our chance of marking Mbappe, but well, he's quite a fine footballer. Yeah, so that's Nigo going to be our um, Wiley Coyote, and Tom will be down in Budapest in the morning to uh, start painting some um, stadium-looking brick walls for for Mbappe to, to run into, with TNT all over the pitch as well. Um, a big shout out to Indy Paul. Indy Paul um, is a is a very special guy. Without him, all this couldn't be possible. HungarianFootball.com, etc. So big shout out to you, Paul. Um, Chris is saying Portugal was the opportunity to get through to the next round. Um, how the hell are we going to compete against Germany and France? We showed discipline for 70 minutes. How can we do it for 180 minutes left in the group stage? Um, there's probably a really short answer to that, Paul, but I'll let, um, I'll, let, I'll let Chris take it on. Yeah, first shout out to Paul. Hey, Paul, thanks for all your help. Um, yeah, uh, how? We're not. That's the short answer. We're just not. Um you know, there, there's, there, there, it's not called a group of death for no reason. And, and again, I'm, I don't want to keep saying the same things that we've been saying this whole podcast, but I will. Um, we're in a really tough group. And uh, as, as uh, Tom already mentioned, 
84 minutes of playing really, really well and getting hammered at the end takes a lot out of a team. And I just don't see it happening. Um, you know, I, I don't see them uh, uh, getting through, quite honestly. So that's my short answer, guys. Mm, yeah, I think we're all in agreement there. Um, Tom Garifan29 um, on Twitter has asked, do you think Rossi sticks with the 5-3-2 the rest of the group stage? Um, looking at the squad with rotation in mind, we have a lot of wingers that don't really fit the system versus top sides. Yes, it's, that's a good point. And and it goes back to what we said as well, that like whereas we don't have certain players in certain positions, um, especially where, like, where like Honda is basically our backup left wing back or potentially Kevin Varga, but not neither of them have played there this season. Attila Fiola has not played left wing back either. So, I mean, maybe that's that's a way to catch France off guard a little bit to play to change formation to something that we haven't played for in such a long time. Um, I think there is definitely a chance that it could happen. I think whether I think it's the right thing to do or not, I'm not sure. Um, I just think that I think defensively it, it helped us a lot having five at the back all the time to move back to a back four. Um, it it obviously makes you a little bit more susceptible and, and gives them a little bit more space to operate in. Uh, and then that's, I guess it makes us a bit more like potentially potent in attack if you maybe play in like Shalai on the right, um, who will, you maybe play Shern on the left and Zolai in, in the middle. Like if you if you kind of say to Shern like you've got a, well to Shern and Shalai do a lot of defending and I don't think a four three three will be too bad. Um, I mean you might end up playing it with a back six in the end. Like you basically play with like Shern and Shalai as your two wing backs. Um, and then fullbacks as well. But like, I think there is definitely a chance we go 4 3 3. Um, I don't know any other formation that we'd choose if, if we do want to kind of get rid of that wing, wing back problem, which is, is definitely a problem with not having any other, other left wing backs in, in the squad, apart from like auxiliary ones, like I spoke about. Yeah, no good stuff. Um, Shout to Zach. Zach, thanks for your questions. Um, they're fantastic questions. You are right, though. Definitely, definitely going to keep those for the end of the um, of, of this European Championships. That's some great stuff for us to get into. Thanks for sending them in. Um, the mighty Griezmann chief now this is one of Twitter's most active Hungarian football guys. Um, why? Why? Uh, who are we starting against France and Germany? Well, we've touched on that. Um, my friend, um, and what are your thoughts on the Portugal match and why Rossi should have called up big Norbert for the squad? <laughs> big tongue-in-cheek there. After <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the Griezmann chief all over. He's, he's comedy. I think hopefully we've covered most of that. Um, got to say a shout out to Anthony Kennedy, who says, how do you beat this France team? Short answer is we don't. Um, could you talk, talk more, more about Nigo and the impact he's made thus far? Hopefully, um, Marco, we've done that as well. Um, I think oh, it would be good to just remember, uh, I guess, shout out to Nigo. Actually, we haven't mentioned it. Um, obviously, he's playing against France, who he played for as a, as a youngster on the 20s, played with Griezmann um, for the national team and obviously is French. So if he gets the start in this game, that'll be massive for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a very, very, very good point. I think he will. I genuinely think he will. I think just, just um, he, so he, uh, he just 
something a little bit different. I think we'll need his energy. And uh, and uh, like Lilac Gill's boy said, he, he's going to be uh, just going to be running around like a headless chicken, isn't he? So at least he'll have the energy for it. I think he did enough as well when he came on. Like yeah. he was really, really good. He's done that to be fair in a lot of matches. He's, he mm. really has. He, he's, he's kind to be fair. I'm I'm trying to think back now and think where was a point where he's let us down, and I can't. I genuinely can't. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, Gogo says he only has one question. Do you still think we have a chance to go through? Uh, quick one-word answer from you two guys. No. No. That's three no's. Um, which one of us is signed? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for the question. Um, Shivering Bacon. Now, a few questions from, from Shivering Bacon. We'll definitely get into the um, Champions League group stage stuff and um, European stuff in, a, in another podcast. Um, but one of the questions is, is there any player Rossi can't substitute? Um, let's have one from you guys each. Who, who do you think never gets substituted under Rossi? Take the goalkeeper out the, of out the equation. Who for you, Chris? Um, I mean, I would have to say probably Attila Salai or Adam Salai. Excellent. I love that. That's a brilliant answer. What about you, Tom? I think Orban. I don't think you could take Orban out. Um, but I think, like Chris says, those two mm. as well, to be honest, I think they're definitely up there. Absolutely. And we've got to add Adam Nodge into that into that mix as oh, well. Oh, that, that is a good point. Like, he is so underrated. Like, I think if we'd have lost Nodge as well as, well, I lost Nodge instead of Sobos, I think we'd have been in deeper trouble because who can fill that man's role? Like, he's he's just a beast in front of that defence. Um. Zoltan, thanks for your questions, Oli. Um, how could Rossi counter the pace of France up front? Hopefully we've touched on that for you and tried to give you an answer. Unfortunately, I don't think there is an answer. If you, if, if anyone knows, if you could contact marco.rossi at mlsz. <laughs> that would be much appreciated before we face France. Um, uh, uh, another one from Daniel, Daniel Nudge. Uh, which Hungarian players can realistically hope to transfer to a better club following the tournament? Um, what options do we have on the wing-back positions? Tom touched on that a moment ago. Um, is it worth giving Boller a shot against France, seeing Lovrenčić's performance in the first half? Um, I think Boller is a shell. I, I, I would definitely swap Lovrenčić out. I think he's definitely the one that I would... Um, swap. I think we, we like we guys said. I think probably Nago is going to be that one. But I think Bola did really well in the friendlies. I think one one friendly wasn't it in particular. Ireland he was really good. Um, but I think I think he could be a shot for that for that starting position. Who could um, potentially move to a better club? I think only Attila Zolai really. But like. Nodge and Clyde Heist that did after the last Euros, didn't they? And like. But that didn't really work out. Um, actually, I think I think Nodge moved before the Euros. Um, but I think Attila Zola is going to be the one. I think I think teams are a little bit more hesitant to buy after tournaments these days because it is only three games at the end of the day, isn't it? Like, like they. I think scouts, if they're going to be looking at games, they should be looking at like the how they perform at club level and not. I guess just these three games, but I think if Atolis Zalai plays three amazing, uh, two more amazing games against such great opposition, I think he's definitely going to be snapped up. 
Yeah, no, great start. And a shout out to uh, Ming Huang as well, who also asked that that same questions about um, which players have a chance to move to the bigger clubs. Um, thanks for that question as well. Um, actually, I think, uh, sorry, just, I think your mate Schaefer actually might be a shout as well. Um, to, to like for someone playing in Slovakia to to play, I think really well in that first game and in what would be the biggest game of his career. And if he plays a couple of more good games, I think he might be have a shout. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's that's probably spot on too. Hey guys, and Dan, uh, Gajdag has already made his big move to Philadelphia, so you know um, he didn't true, even and... have to play a game in the Euros. And Schoen, yeah. So was it someone? I can't think there was some stat, weird stat. Although Gazdags had to pull out the squad, there was some weird stat about being the first player to. If he would have scored, he would have been the first player from the MLS to score in a European Championship. Somewhere. Yeah, that that was Schoen, wasn't it? Like yeah, was Schoen, he got his goal disallowed. That's right. Yeah, that's a really weird stat considering the amount of American players that. But it, it is a weird stat, though, isn't it? Because like you think that there was, but there's been a lot of big players who've played in the MLS. But I guess maybe when they've moved to MLS, I think in like Beckham and Robbie Keane, Henri, and stuff. So it's probably, out. yeah, they've probably already retired at international level. So I guess you don't get the youngsters really go over there as much. Oh. I mean, it's happening more more so these days, but maybe not previously. Um. Tom, sticking you for a, sticking with you for a moment, um, the beautifully named Tony Pepperoni has asked: <laughs> Should Martin Dardai replace Botka in the long term? We have got some class people who follow us in terms of names: Shivering Bacon and Tony Pepperoni. <laughs> Me, um, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's just up to Dardai if he wants to play for the team. To be honest, because I, uh, apparently Rossi asked him before the tournament if he wanted to be in the in the team and I think he's kind of leaving his options open which I mean he would like if he's grown up in Germany his whole life like it's it, I mean I think he probably I guess grew up dreaming of playing for Germany and if he went to school there and uh, watched the national team and stuff like you can't begrudge him that so um but at the moment, he, he is in Hungary watching the games and stuff. And hopefully the atmosphere at the game yesterday and when he was there um, did enough to hopefully convince him of playing for, for the national team. But I think 100% he would replace Botka in that team. I mean, he's, what is he, 19, playing mm. Bundesliga football, first team, um, and was a crucial member of that squad who kept them kept her to Berlin in the Bundesliga. He's also an incredible crossover ball for a centre half. Um, yeah, he would he would be amazing, amazing fit. It would yeah. Imagine Orban, Attila Zolai, and Martin Dardai as the back three. I mean, that would. I mean, compared to the centre half that we've had since communism fell in the last thirty years, <laughs> Jesus, Shaba Shimadia to um, to that, mate. What Chaba ranks was a was a legend, mate. In in. Uh... Seke land anyway um, well he was yeah I think he captured the side didn't he when we went to watch him internationally um, yeah different different kind of kettle of fish um, it, it's funny do, do you think Tom that that Germany regret not calling up Willy Orban yes yeah I, I don't know I don't know if they'd maybe I, I admit that to them but I 
I mean, not, maybe not everyone would agree who listens to the show about this, but I think he's a better. I think he's definitely a better defender than Hummels. Definitely. Yeah. And I think I think Hummels used to be awesome about five years ago, but I think he's definitely better than him now. And what is Orban? 25, 26? Mm. I like he, what? 28, this, 28 now, isn't he? Yeah. Is he 28. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But still, still a 28 year old winning, you know, getting in the team of this season in Germany, and 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 you know, he was also Leipzig's best best. Um, Mm. Yeah, it, it's just phenomenal, and, and and like you say, looking at Hummels and thinking, how on earth is this your best option? Man, they had to bring Hummels back from retirement. Mm-hmm. Like they, that was, they were that desperate to, for him to be back in the team, and and Orban's a leader as well, isn't he? Like uh, I, I maybe I think that there's, there's a little bit of snobbery that's around Willy Orban in Germany, and I don't think they rate him that highly because because he's not quite as flashy as as the other centre halves. He's not as amazing on the ball as someone like a a, 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 a oh, I can't pronounce his name, a Pamacano guy who moved to Bayern Munich and, and Cognate who's gone to Liverpool. Like they're centre halves who are better on the ball than Orban. But I, I think as a pure defender there's no one better than Orban. And I think he's actually vastly underrated on the ball as well. I think I think you're right, Gabby. I think they do probably regret not calling him up. I think certain people do. I think like other people, like yeah, there's a bit of a snobbery around him. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and also the fact that he played played for Leipzig for the last six years has probably uh, not helped his cause as well, because that must have been pretty much like at the start of their project, really. So, yeah, definitely true, definitely. Yeah, um, Chris, to round out the, the the questions that we've got now, um, so. Another one from Shivering Bacon. So all, all your other ones, Mr. Shivering Bacon, that are about um, the Champions League, etc., we'll definitely get to in another show, I promise. Um, but this is quite a good one. I like it. So should Rossi have known Shiger would not be able to handle the pressure? After all, he was at fault for all three goals. I have a lot of faith in Rossi. I think he's made a lot of really good decisions uh, since he's taken over um, as the international manager. And I think if he would have thought that he was going to make a poor decision by putting in Shiger, um, he wouldn't have done it. Um, I, I feel like Shiger has been in other games where he's played very well. He scored goals. Um, he's looked very sound defensively. Um, there's been other times where he hasn't. But, you know, again, quite honestly, I think it was between him and Thomas Cherry uh, more than likely coming in for Kleinheiser at that point. And I think he has probably seen more of Shiger. I think he's um, uh, trusted Shiger in other other moments in other games and and and, and not um, not uh, insignificant kind of games either. So, no, I I, I don't know. I mean, um, I, I don't think so. I I, I really feel like, uh, and I'm I'm a big Shiger supporter. I like him um, both at the club level and international level. I think he's done. Well, he's not a great player, but I think he's he he's uh, he's put together some good performances. Um, and uh, I think I think I had seen somewhere that uh, they said that he was uh, kind of on the hook for all three goals. You know, I think that that second goal where uh, um, he just uh, he couldn't get uh, I guess it was Renato Sanchez um, or uh, Semedo. Who was it that made that pass in for Rafa Silva uh, before the, the penalty? Do you all remember who that was? I think it was Renato, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I mean, he had two 
two chances to, to really win that ball back. And, and, uh, and he just <laughs> really got shrugged off uh, both times. Um, looked a lot worse. Um, and it was really the only, I mean, coming in at that point, that was really his only, uh, you know, that, that whole thing. You had one job <laughs> and he didn't do it uh, in this game. But I, I think it's really unfair to think that uh, that Rossi uh, a had better options, um, in my opinion, and that that uh, he should have known better uh, because I think Shiger has played, um, you know, at least serviceably in other games. And I think uh, at that point, um, you know, for me, it looked like a, a fairly good substitution. Good stuff, as always, guys. And that wraps up the questions for this episode. Um... I forgot to introduce you, how rude, at the beginning of the of the show as well. So I want to say massive thanks to Tom Mortimer and Chris Barrett, who are permanent fixtures here. If you're new listening to this, just because it's the Euros or whatever, great to have you on board. We're not normally this bad or good, depending on what way you're looking at it. Um, we're going to be back after the France game to discuss everything um, in, in, in depth. We did say this was going to be a bite-sized version, but we, we when we get started talking about Hungarian football, it just goes off and, and we, we can't stop. Such is the love for it. Um, stand up, Hungarians. Be proud. This team we've got is amazing, honestly. Look at where we are in the World Cup qualifying. Look at all the games. Look at 80 minutes versus Portugal and tell me you're not proud. And I'll tell you you're an idiot. Take care, guys. We will see you on the next episode very soon. Please look out on Twitter. Follow um, Tom's account, Fossi Live account, and you'll see that there will be um, a chance to participate in a live chat before and after the France game via Twitter as well. So definitely look out for those. Um, I've been Gabby Kovac. Um, great to have you guys all here again, and we'll speak to you very soon. Stay safe and uh, keep listening to the podcast. <laughs>